Welcome into another great edition of Strong Style. I'm your host, Jeremy, the Impact York, where we will talk about it's the Impact Media's weekly venture into the combat sports world, where we are going to talk some professional wrestling. We're going to talk some MMA. Going to throw a little boxing in there, if I remember. Uh Tons of good stuff going on. Tons of good stuff going on, especially inside this building. Outside, there are some storms of brewing. Either way, let's get to it, right? All right. As always, if you want to uh, leave a question, comment, suggestion, you can catch us on Instagram, the Impact 99, um, at the Impact 99 on Twitter. We'll also get you there. Uh, you can find us. You can find Impact Media on Facebook and a couple different places. You will see, I believe, my face on on them. So it, it should, you should you read up in there. You'll know what we're talking about. Uh, we're trying to venture into some other stuff as well. But Strong Style, of course, is our combat sports show. Now, a ton happened last week. We're going to start we'll start WWE. I like to start WWE or I like to start fighting. We're going to start with WWE. Um, a, a lot happened on their regular television shows. And then, of course, we had uh, Hell in the Cell over the weekend. Uh, there was a little bit of a... Uh, a little bit of a... I don't know. Something's going on, and 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 I'll talk about that in a second. It 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 was SmackDown that fed into Hell in a Cell. We will uh, get into that shortly. First, let's talk about Raw. Of course, when we talk about Raw, we have to start with. Now they started with a segment that had to do with uh, Alexa Bliss, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler. I don't know what part Nia's playing in this. She needs to get out of it. Uh, this is this is where the uh, wrestlers are going to have a discussion here, and uh, like she's she's an okay wrestler. It's not that she's talented, uh, but Shayna is is very very good, and uh, Alexa is quite good. So uh, Nia to me doesn't have a place in this storyline. Um, I don't know. It pretty much led to a match later, and we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, the first actual match was Nikki Cross versus Charlotte. So that means the first, almost the first entire segment, uh, two segments of Raw 
were dedicated to women's division. I thought that was a nice nod to these girls working hard and doing some fantastic things. And no, that's not speak for just trying to be nice. No. Nikki Cross versus Charlotte can be can be a uh, a main event on some cards on on uh, on any card because it's going to be really really good. Now, of course, they give Nikki the nod again, but how does Nikki get the win? Well, she gets it by count out over Charlotte, who uh, gets too caught up in arguing with Rhea Ripley to realize that the referee's ten count gets to ten, gets fulfilled. Uh, so Nikki has like four or five big wins over the champ, the challenger. It's kind of interesting. Like I said, I think it's setting up for uh, whoever comes out of Hell in a Cell with the belt. It looks like Nikki Cross is going to be the next one lined up for it. Rhea versus Nikki. I really like that matchup a lot better than Nikki versus Charlotte because we just saw Nikki versus Charlotte, and it's good. And their styles can mesh together, and they do pretty well. Uh, Rhea is just a... She is such a, a different style wrestler and matchup for people that I think Nikki complements that a lot better than, uh, than Nikki would with Charlotte or because Charlotte Rhea, we know it's going to be good. Uh, like I said, Nikki gets the win there. You get John Morrison taking on Jeff Hardy. Morrison gets a, a kind of weird, wonky win, but this was all just a setup so that uh, Cedric Alexander could come out there and yell at Jeff Hardy immediately after where Jeff Hardy and Cedric took on each other and uh, Jeff Hardy he didn't wipe the floor with him, but he pretty handily took care of Cedric. And at least Cedric has moved on from, from beating Shelton two weeks in a row to, to Jeff Hardy. And, and that could be an interesting feud. That will help Cedric out. And that gives Jeff Hardy something to do. And Cedric is somebody who will allow him to do more Jeff Hardy-like things a lot more often. So, you know, that's pretty good. Um, that's not worth talking about. Let's see. Well, I'll mention it. We got the return of Eva Marie as she was going to take on Naomi. And instead, uh, our friend that came out took on Naomi instead. Uh, she ended up beating Naomi, which was kind of weird. Uh, seemed like a pretty decent wrestler. But uh, just just goes back to, I think, the reason why Eva Marie didn't work in the first place. And that's... She uh, she couldn't really wrestle. Couldn't really wrestle, and she kept kind of flopping during matches, and it just didn't work. Here we are again. She's not wrestling. Imagine that. Uh, the New Day took on RK Bro. This, uh, these are a couple teams are wanting to push. We know who the New Day are. Of course, that's Kofi Kingston and uh, Xavier Woods one of the best teams of the last decade, I would say, by far. Throwing Big E there for the different incarnations they had. Uh, but RK Bro, relatively new team. That's Randy Orton. That's Matt Riddle. It's, it's, a, it's a mismatch team. It's, it's interesting. Clearly, they're putting Riddle with, with Orton to try to teach him a few things. He needs to know there, and Orton's a good one to learn from. Uh, RK Bro gets the win there. I, I think at some point they're going to push them up into a title picture. 
I don't know if they're ready to win something like that. But either way, it's interesting. These two teams, I mean, this it's for once there's a Matt Riddle match that I will actually watch when he's in these here because uh, these three don't let him get away with a lot where other wrestlers may not have the clout or may not know how to not let him get away with things. And, and uh, it's going to make him a better wrestler. But until then, we, uh, we get RK bro. Rhea Ripley took on Ashka. Pretty good match. Uh, it seems like Ashka is about to take some time away is what it seems like to me. Uh, I think she's dinged up. She's injured. I think there's something going on. Or maybe she's just taking a break from carrying the world title for, what, a year? But Rio gets the win there, as she should. She's the champ. Alexa took on Nia right after that. Now, once again, back-to-back women's segments. That's fantastic. Uh, that match was the train wreck we thought it would be. Alexa trying to make the most of it. Nia just kind of doing her thing. And then ends up a DQ win for Alexa when Reginald gets involved. And once again, it in a in a match that that does not involve a storyline because it's Alexa and Shayna. It's not Alexa Nia Shayna. It's not Alexa Shayna Nia Reginald. But they got to throw this in there. Reginald had no business, no business whatsoever, uh, playing any part in this. Not at all. And uh, so now it makes it seem like they are involved in the storyline. And maybe they are, but they don't need to be. It's just a waste of time. Um, you get uh, Elias versus Riker. Riker wins again by countout. That's two weeks in a row. Okay. Um... Storm getting pretty good around here. Hmm. Uh, we'll try to hurry through some of this in. Uh, Elias and Riker, that's a count out. That's going to lead to some sort of cage match or something like that. But it just I don't know where each one of these are eventually heading. So for the moment, it's just kind of there. Um, let's see. AJ Styles took on Drew. Uh, it ended up being a DQ when Lashley come down and got involved. Drew gets the DQ win there. That led to Drew and the Viking Raiders, who come down to even the odds, versus AJ, Omos, and Lashley. Uh, Drew ended up with the pinfall over Lashley. What that kind of tells me is there's a chance, without saying anything about the pay-per-view, that makes Drew look stronger going in. So we will see uh, where that goes from there. That led us to, uh, if we're going to talk about Hell in a Cell, then that, uh, let's go to, SmackDown next. Um, Apollo and Commander Aziz took on Kevin Owens and Big E. This was a pretty decent match, and then uh, Commander Aziz just started doing his uh, his thumb strike to the throat that he does, and uh, incapacitated KO. He ends up with the win there. Okay, it's, it's it, you don't want Big E to take the pinfall. I get that. Uh, why is Kevin Owens suddenly jobbing out to everybody not named Sami Zayn? 
That makes no sense. And two, it was to Commander Aziz, of all people, and not Apollo, who needs the boost. Uh, we had the Battle of the Crowns. That was uh, King Corbin versus Shinsuke Nakamura with Rick Boogs. His name Rick is Boogs. I know whatever. Okay. Either way, Shinsuke ends up with the win there. He eventually, he, he uh, of course, that makes him uh, King Shinsuke. I don't know if this means they're not going to do a King of the Ring this year, that this is how they kind of pass it. Uh, Corbin kind of ran the King thing. He didn't run it in the ground. He ran it more than than uh, his fair amount of time. I think he did really well. I think it's time for him to kind of reinvent himself and do something a little different anyway. And uh, he seemed uh, a little bit upset that he lost that, but it is what it is, Corbin. And uh, I look forward to what he's going to do. And Shinsuke being King Shinsuke moving forward, there's some other interesting things you can do that gives him a boost. Uh, Bel Air and Bailey got into it as usual. That lead that's going to lead up to their Hell in a Cell match. Angelo Dawkins took on Otis with Chad at ringside. Uh, it's a pretty decent match. Dawkins is, is okay. Um, he's not the strongest member of his team, but he's not a slouch. He's, he's still a pretty good wrestler. Otis, uh, he shaved his beard, kind of pulls his hair back a little bit, looks uh, a little more like a Bond henchman, kind of interesting. But uh, that match was kind of a wash, the way it kind of – I think Otis won. I, I don't remember. I didn't even mark it. So. But then here's the wrinkle I was talking about. This was supposed to be a Hell in a Cell match, and for some reason it happened on SmackDown. I don't know if it was because one of the performers had an issue to where they were not going to make the pay-per-view, or if they felt the pay-per-view was already going to be run a little long, and they needed to cut a match, so why not cut a big one? Uh, Rey Mysterio challenged Roman Reigns for his heavyweight title in a Hell in a Cell. Now, this was pretty good because Ray used fire extinguishers and chairs and whatever he could find to kind of kind of counteract the power of Roman because you want Roman to look strong and super strong. He is the monster here. He is the Goliath. And they did a real good job of this. Uh, the Usos actually played no part in this whatsoever. thought that was uh, pretty entertaining, pretty interesting. That uh, Now, by the end... Jay come out and raise the hand of Roman. But beyond that, they stayed at bay. Dominic was nowhere to be found. So this played out and was actually the match that we hoped it would be. And like I said, Roman ends up with the win, as he should. Uh, nothing personal, but Ray is not the one to take the belt off of him. But... That led us to Hell in a Cell. And if they cut those other matches, then we got to see why they, they uh, what they added in this place. Like I said, there's there's got to be a reason why it it uh, why they did what they did. Um, we started with Mandy Rose and Natalia. Natalia ends up uh, beating Mandy Rose with the sharpshooter. It was a pretty good kickoff match, you know. And then once again, they backed that up with the SmackDown Women's Championship match that was in a Hell in a Cell. I did not realize this was going to be a Hell in a Cell. That's that that was interesting. 
I did not realize that until I saw it. Until all of a sudden, here comes the match. The cage is coming down. You're like, whoa. Really? All right. Uh, this, this was actually a, a pretty good match. Uh, in the end, of course, Bel Air retains. Uh, this this was actually a pretty a pretty good solid match. It was back and forth. Uh, we saw some good. We saw some good exchanges. We saw you know uh, suplexes through some uh, sticks and then interesting things there. We saw Bel Air's hair get tied by Bailey to a chair. Uh, that was kind of interesting. You know, doing something different, giving us something different while still entertaining and being great like you are. You know, that's why Bailey is such a great opponent for somebody like Belair who is, who is relatively new. The problem is, is now where do you go from here with Bailey? Uh, I think we're still looking at Carmella, Belair, probably at SummerSlam, something like that. That's that's. It's usually easy to figure out a contender at that point, but what do you do with Bailey? Um, honestly... I think knowing that uh, Becky Two Belts, Becky Lynch, is very close to coming back, um, I think maybe Bailey and, and her should redo a rivalry for a little bit and have a few matches together because that's going to help her get the ring rust off. And it's going to also make them both look uh, as spectacular as they are. So that's, that's what I would do with that. Um, yeah, Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Just a regular straight-up match. Um, by far, these are two of the best overall performers they have right now. I mean, I put Dolph in a category like that. They're just like uh, Shawn Michaels-like, where if they're in a match, you're just going to get A-plus performance out of them at all times. Um, the match was really good. Seth ends up beating Cesaro. Uh, with a roll-up, which was uh, definitely the, the dastardly thing you would expect Seth to do. Uh, but he ends up with the pinfall win on that one. And overall, it's a good match. We go to Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler. I remember this one kind of came out of nowhere. They kind of... I don't know, it just it kind of got spooky where Alexa would stare at Naya and, and, and Naya would, like, mirror the moves that, that the same motions that Alexa would do, which, which uh, you know, basically Alexa had Naya uh, not wrestling around a little bit. Uh, it was, uh, was kind of interesting. For a, for a minute, like I said, if that's the part she's going to play in this, then I, I guess that's a decent part for Nia and Reginald. But uh, the spookiness is is interesting. We'll, we'll see where they go from here on that. And, uh, you know, like Bliss, she hits the sister Abigail. She wins the pinfall. 
a lot of people didn't like this match. Like I said, the, it's the, just, I, I hate saying spookiness. It's the hijinks that's, if, if that's, you took the fiends off of Bray Wyatt and put it on Alexa Bliss to be this evil maniacal, it's like, okay, it's uh, but then we're going to get into controlling people. Uh, just, I don't know, it's, it, maybe it's a little too out there, and I, I don't think a lot of people are going to like it. Uh, I guess they just needed another great match on the card to, to kind of follow that one. So we put Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in a match. Uh, Sami actually beats Kevin Owens in this one, which is very rare in WWE. Uh, these two could wrestle for three hours, and you'd never be bored. You'd, you'd never leave your seat. So... Uh, good on them for having another classic match. And then once again, it's similar to what I said on SmackDown, except for this time. Uh, Kevin Owens is uh, jobbing out Sami Zayn. So they're they're kind of back on equal playing field again. Um, what should happen is those two should team up and go for the tag team titles and just start beating the pants off of everybody. That's what I would like to see. That led us to the... To the Raw Women's Title, Rhea Ripley, the champ versus Charlotte Flair. Once again, this almost every match on this card was was very well done. This was another one. Uh, Charlotte wins, but it was kind of wonky. It was kind of weird. And here's why it was weird. Here's how the match ends. Um, they're down at ringside. Rhea Ripley takes the top of the announce table off and hits Rick, or hits Charlotte Flair with it. And the referee calls for a disqualification where Charlotte wins via disqualification. Okay, now that's that, by the letter of the law, sure. The problem is, is how many people do that, use that as a weapon, and nobody says a word. But suddenly she does it. And it's, it's I, I don't know, kind of, it, it's kind of like maybe halfway or two-thirds of the way through this match, they ch- somebody in the back changed their mind as to what the ending should be or where this should go, and they, they called the audible in the middle of it, and it just, uh, it killed what could have been an A-plus and uh, left it somewhere around the Bs. But good match, Charlotte still in it because... She had the disqualification win, so technically she's still, like, top contender. And then to the main event. What a main event this was. If you're a fan of Drew McIntyre or a fan of Bobby Lasso or a fan of both and their in-ring work, this was a masterpiece. They collectively painted a just absolute masterpiece. I mean, we had referees getting knocked down. We had uh, false finishes. We had... Everything you could want out of a main event between these two. Uh, Lashley goes for a spear. McIntyre counters it. Hits a a future shot DDT. He went for a Claymore uh, to where MVP grabs his leg. And it set up Lashley for a roll-up to steal the win. So you got two big bruisers. And this is one time I would say... That why is a roll-up from a big power guy? But Lashley and MVP have this little sneaky, this sneaky 
dastardly part to them. I think that's just the word. So they they made it work. And in doing so, it doesn't necessarily eliminate Drew from immediate contention, but I do think they should go in another direction. What direction is that? I don't know. But uh, go in a different direction. That's what I would say. But while we're still talking about we're still talking about WWE, let's talk some NXT real quick. NXT, uh, Regal came out uh, and said, basically, I think it seems like he's stepping away from his role as general manager, uh, to which Karrion Cross come down and says, it's about dang time, what took so long, to which uh, Samoa Joe come out, and Regal offered it to him, and Samoa Joe turned it down, and then got across the space, and as the night went on, Eventually, Joe takes the job. So Joe is the new acting GM as of the moment. That will be interesting because one of the things he did was, uh, one of the things he did was kind of choke out Adam Cole, who was being uh, kind of crazy in the back. So uh, that was kind of interesting. First match we had of the night was Breezango versus Imperium, two of the best tag teams down there, I think. Uh, just overall, Breezango probably the most favorite, you know, the most popular. Imperium, just well-run, very fluid the way they do things. It was uh, just just a, an overall really good tag match. Breezango ends up with the win there. That was kind of interesting, but Imperium's not really been on a big run here lately anyway, so it didn't really hurt them to uh, let Breezango have a win there. Much needed win. Trey Baxter took on Kushida. Not sure who Trey Baxter is. Didn't matter that much because Kushida uh, defended his North American. Or no, he's not the North American. He's the television title. Or uh, what? Uh, Cruiserweight. Cruiserweight. And, uh, you know, obviously he defended his title pretty well there. Baxter looked pretty good. Still don't really have a good understanding of who he is. Just another new guy that happened to show up. Uh, probably somebody from their... You know, their training ground there. If they wanted to get some experience in, it could shoot somebody great to go against. So that's uh, the way it worked. You got uh, Ted DiBiase and L.A. Knight that came down. L.A. Knight, of course, off his win in um, for the million-dollar title at In Your House. Did we go over that last time? Or did... No, the in your house seat. Let's see. I thought we did go over that, but maybe we did. Yeah, we did. We went over the in your house stuff. Okay. Yeah, we did, because I, I talked about the, the six-man tag and all that. Okay. But uh, L.A. Knight come out to claim his belt, basically, and Cameron Grimes come down and ruined it. Those two, I think, still have many, many things to settle. I think that's uh, pretty fantastic the way they do that. Uh, I can read my writing here. 
uh, Caden Carter took on Dakota Kai. And uh, Dakota, of course, got the win. She needs to kind of build herself back up because uh, she dropped a couple matches here and there and, and only won by DQ, you know, things like that. Uh, oh, it was actually KC Squared versus uh, Dakota and uh, the champ Gonzalez there. That was strong showing for those two. Like I said, they're, they're not the world's best team, but they, they work pretty good together, and they're, uh, they're an interesting mix. Then in the main event, we got the Grizzled Young Vets who took on Tomo, Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. This was a brutal match. <laughs> this was uh, two maniacal cerebral just warriors who beat the crap out of the Grizzled Young Vets, who got some work in, got some moves in too, but in the end, it was Ciampa and Thatcher picking up the win in that one. Just incredible. Just incredible. Um... Looked at the wrong way on my handy-dandy notebook. There we go. Impact Wrestling. Impact started off kind of interesting. They showed back to Against All Odds where Don Callis fired Sammy Callahan for taking out the Young Bucks who had helped Kenny Omega retain the title against Moose. Fast forward to... Fast forward to this show, where let's see, where was that? Yeah, fast forward to this show where uh, Sammy Callahan is pretty upset, but instead of him trying to find Don Callis. He is told by Scott DeMore to just hang on. There is a representative from the network that is coming to uh, try to sort all this out. So that's going to lead to later. Uh, TJP with Falaba took on Black Tarus and Crazy with Crazy Steve. Uh, TJP gets a good victory over Black Tarus. Black Tarus, though, man, he... uh, the fact that he can hang with TJP and, and do some of the things and, and help him uh, look as good as he did, man, that was that was uh, pretty pretty killer. Uh, TJP gets the win, and then at the end of that, Moose comes down and clears the ring and does his normal Moose thing of getting a chair, uh, trying to be as serious as he can as he looks into a camera and says, you don't want to give me your time, I'll take your time, or you don't want to give me your time, I'll take your time and I'm going to hijack the show and sit right here in this chair until you come out here. Because he was pretty upset that, you know, he had to go all the way to Jacksonville to Daly's place for the world title match. And then it gets disrupted by the, by the young bucks. Understandable. But he comes out and he's interrupted by Chris Saban, who has just returned from uh, another injury. And uh, Saban basically goes on to say, 
you looking for a fight, I got a fight for you right here. You're the reason I was out. And Moose was the one that hurt Saban. It wasn't on purpose, but he's the one that took him out. So that's probably going to lead to something down the road. Madman Fulton took on Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander got the win in that, but uh, Fulton is not a bad worker. To be a big bruiser, he is not a bad worker at all. He does some pretty good things. He does really well with Ace. Kind of works out, but uh, they're they're kind of pushing Josh Alexander to maybe hold on to that exhibition title for a while. It's interesting. He's he's not one of the high flyers that they're known for, so he's more of the ground and pound. I think he does pretty good with it. We saw the de- the debut of Steve Macklin, former military guy. They are debuting. I told you last week uh, he had a pretty good promo. I didn't know he was going to go by Steve Macklin. I thought it was just Macklin. Uh, he came out, he did some pretty good things. He's going to be a pretty decent wrestler, it seems like. He took on a guy named Jason Page, who is out of their training dojo. And, uh, of course, Macklin gets a win there. He looked pretty good in it. He, he did some interesting things. It wasn't a complete squash, which I definitely appreciated. I hate squash matches. They they help nobody. But big win for Steve. We'll, we'll see what they do with another big bruiser now that they're pushing W. Morrissey the way they do. Um, actually, Tennille Dashwood and Rachel Ellering was one of the better matches of, of the night. I don't know if Rachel Ellering is, is related to Paul Ellering or not. It's interesting to use that particular last name. But uh, Tennille wins, and it just causes more questions for Rachel and her partner. Uh Rhino took on Kojima in the main event. And, uh, you know, Kojima lost to Joe Doring at the pay-per-view, which, okay. I guess, I guess at the pay-per-view you needed the, the person part of the team to win. So that is what it is. But Rhino and Kojima was a pretty good match. Kojima ends up with a win there. They're able to uh, get his win to uh, kind of help him back there. Because, you know, normally you bring in somebody from, from somewhere else and you, you kind of push them up a little bit. But they uh, didn't do that with Kojima so much. But Kojima's going to get some other wins here and there. The fact that, that he's kind of against Violet by design is going to be okay. Kojima, Eric Young, I think, could be really good, and I look forward to that. And then Sammy Callahan comes out. Uh Scott Demore comes out. Don Callis comes out. And then the uh, Sammy Callahan leaves. Well, Sammy comes out. Scott comes out. Sammy leaves. Don comes out. And then the representative from the network comes out. And it's Tommy Dreamer. Because at first they're like, Tommy, I appreciate you trying to come down here and help. And he helps so much with all the other stuff. But, uh, you know, what are you doing out here? To which Sammy said, I mean, not Sammy, to which Tommy said, um, I'm not out here out of just my own free will. I'm the representative. And he says, based on some events that have happened, and uh, he knows that Scott DeMore and Don Callis are the two main ones behind the latest incarnation of, of Impact Wrestling and what's made it really kind of keep pushing forward is some of the things they're doing. And he says, well, 
he look, he looks at Scott DeBoer and he says, well, based off some recent decisions by you guys, the uh, board is, uh, is is ready to be rid of you. And so Scott gets real upset and uh, and he's kind of screaming, yelling. He's like, you can't do this and this and uh, carrying on. Uh, I, I like that they tried to pretend that we didn't know what was going to happen. But Tommy says the board has decided, the, the network has decided, and they do have control over this. Uh, Don Callis is fired from Impact Wrestling. Works for me. He wasn't doing a lot of on-screen stuff anyway, and, and uh, you know, seems like he wants to align with, with Kenny Omega and do more of that stuff and maybe not do quite as much as he was doing. Maybe he's dialing back a little bit. He did a ton. His on-screen work is very good. And it creates this other storyline to where he can still come out with Omega, but we don't need him anywhere else. So they finally fired Don Callis, and Sammy Callahan was reinstated. And so they met up in the back, and uh, Sammy promised, not going to mess you up here. Something's going to happen. Which led us to AEW. AEW. It started off in a cage. Was it a steel cage? No. Was it a hell in a cell? No. Was it a war games? No. Was it a blood and guts? No. This was a... I'm not sure if it... I don't think it was an octagon. I think it was a little bigger than that. It may have been a ten-sided, so a decagon. Uh, Jake Hager... Undefeated in Bellator, undefeated in MMA, took on Wardlow, who they said had a background in some jiu-jitsu and boxing. Tells me that Wardlow may dabble in some MMA a little bit. Maybe not officially, but it, it seems like he trains in some of this stuff. This was a, uh, a, a pretty decent... MMA wrestling match, because that's pretty much what it was. It it was like a mix of both. There were times that, that certain things didn't fit MMA, and then there was other times that it was straight up pro wrestling, and then there was other times that it was straight up MMA. And it was it was it was you know well done the way they did it. It was it was a good thing for sure. Uh, Hager ends up taking the victory with his uh, kind of arm triangle that he does. Uh, it's, it's a pretty good move. He's, he's had a few wins in the MMA case with that move. So it, it was nice to see that. Um, and once again, it was Pinnacle and Inner Circle, and it didn't have to be the two main guys. It didn't have to be all 10 or 12 of them. Uh, you just have a couple of them pair off and do some things. You know, seems like the next one's to pair off. It looks like MJF and Sammy Guevara is something to look forward to. Uh, it looks like Santana and Ortiz are going to take on FTR. Those are the things you look at, you know. And even if on a pay-per-view you have them all pair off the way it used to be where it was NWO versus WCW where every match was one member from one or the other. And you don't have to do that completely because you have other people you can push, but you could just have matches throughout the night that are just those two groups against each other. Uh, Darby Allen took on Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Ethan Page gets the win over Darby. Uh, Darby did okay to be a one-on-two no, Sting didn't play a party, and need to. 
And I, I don't I don't understand this angle because I, I just I just don't get it. No, be, I get Darby's appeal to a point. I'm glad he's not champion of any kind, but uh, you got Ethan Page who just came over and Scorpio Sky who was pushed into another team. I just want to see what they're going to do. Uh, Orange Cassidy took on Cesar Bonini. Cesar is a is a, uh, a a pretty good mechanic. Mechanic meaning he uh, is there to make the other guy look good, but also get some of his own stuff in. We had the entourage of all of them down there. Uh, you know, the best friends and all them. But Orange Cassidy gets the win, as he should. They need to propel him back up. Um, because at some point, Omega is going to drop the AEW title. I don't think it's going to be to, a, to Orange Cassidy, but who he drops it to may be a great opponent for Orange Cassidy down the road. I just None personal, but Cassidy is not strong enough to be able to get the win over Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega is too big of a megastar. We had the debut of Arn Anderson's son, Brock. Brock Anderson and Cody took on QT Marshall and Aaron Solo. This is one of the best ways you could ever get brought in. Your dad is at ringside, Hall of Famer, multiple times. You come from that lineage. You came from the Nightmare Academy where Dustin and Cody Rhodes and, and are the main brainchild behind that. One of the main trainers there is QT Marshall, who is on the other side of the ring. He'll be working with you this match. And Aaron Solo, who also comes from the Nightmare Academy. So you are in the ring with three people that you have been around probably for the last handful of years, and your dad, who is a big-time legend in the sport, is on the outside. This is one of the best debuts you can make, and he looked pretty solid. There was a couple times he, he got a little geeked up, and you had to, you know, Cody or, or somebody kind of got in his ear like, calm down, calm down, slow it down a little bit. You, you get a little erratic. But uh, Brock can wrestle. Brock Brock's not a bad wrestler at all. And it'll be interesting to see what they get him into if he gets in this coat in this. Uh, he gets in with Cody as far as taking on QT Marshall and uh, in his crew. It adds another one to Cody's bunch, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, but I, I thought it was just a, a well done debut. It's uh, he didn't look like a million bucks, but he didn't look like pocket chains. He was he was definitely closer to the million bucks than he was uh, the pocket chains. It was good. Jim Ross sat down with Andrade El Idilo. You guys know him as Andrade. Uh, some people know him as the fiance of Charlotte Flair. You know? And it is what it is with that, but uh, we got to talk to him, and he is very confident in himself. That's not a way of saying he's conceited or stuck up or full of himself. No. He's very confident, and him debuting is going to put... Miro on notice, not because they occupy similar spots on the card. And it'll be very interesting to see what they get Andrade into early and if it starts to bleed into what Miro is trying to do. Uh, Penelope Ford took on Julia Hart. I totally slipped my mind to look up if Julia Hart is related to the famous hearts. I feel like she is. But uh, Penelope gets the win. Penelope's a, uh, her wrestling's gotten better. 
start with, I think that's, that was her thing, too, is she was so new to it that she was trying to do things that maybe she hadn't quite uh, practiced a lot, and, and it just wasn't coming out as fluid as it needed to. She, she looked pretty good. Her and Julia had a pretty decent match. Uh, and then we got the main event, which was Matt Jackson. Kind of odd, it was him by himself. Matt Jackson and the Good Brothers versus uh, Frankie Kazarian, Eddie Kingston, and Penta El Zero Miedo. Good match. These are all people who can work. These are all people who have worked together a lot in the past. And uh, just every time you see Eddie Kingston in a match, it seems like he gets better and better. This ended when uh, Carl Anderson caught uh, Penta El Zero Miedo off guard and uh, got the pinfall win there. It also had a lot to do with the fact that Nick Jackson sprayed something in Penta's eyes, allowing him to lose the match. On to Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. They've been doing some fun things. They had this Survival of the Fittest tournament where it is uh, six one-on-one matchups. The winner of those go into a six-man matchup. I don't know if it's elimination. I think it's just whoever wins it. Uh, they've been doing some good things where some of it's on their streaming service that you can get through their website, I believe, uh, and the rest of them have been on television. There have been some really good matchups. Uh, this may have been one of my favorites, and this happened this week. Uh, Bandito took on Bateman, and for people who are not familiar with Bandito, I would say you need to Google or YouTube him. People not uh, that don't know a lot about Bateman or that think, gosh, how is this a good matchup? Um, because Bateman can wrestle. Bateman is the Ring of Honor Eddie Kingston. You may not necessarily know who he is, but when you watch, he has a, uh, a power style. He can also run. He can also do some things. Uh, some things you wouldn't think he would do, but he does a very controlling style. Uh, it works well with Bandito, who can keep flipping and flying and throwing things at him, and Bateman can either deflect them or get caught in them. It's it's just very, very... Uh, it's, it's just a very, very interesting style that not everybody can pull off. Uh, Bandito ends up with the win in this one, which is interesting because he'll get to face what, Flamita, I believe, who also... Uh, made it into this match. Uh, the six-man kind of getting out there pretty good. But at the end of this, uh, because when he came out, he sent uh, Vita and I forgot the big guy's name back to the back, said, no, this is one-on-one. Um, Vincent and those two showed back up and uh, pretty much Vita choked him a little bit and then scratched and clawed at him. And then the big guy dropped him. And because um, what was supposed to happen is Bateman was supposed to win this match. Or this this was his plan. He was going to win this match. He was going to win the survival of the fittest six-man six match. Then he was going to you get a world title shot. He was going to win the world title and then give it to Vincent. 
So he's going to win three tough matchups in order to do that. Yeah, it's uh, not saying he couldn't have done it. Just saying that was a pretty far out there thing. But uh, I guess after they beat him out up, we'll we'll see what happens moving forward with all of that. But uh, just a really good match. It's it's I really enjoyed it. It was it was something that uh, something different, something that you don't see everywhere the way this matches up because Bandito is not just the luchador style and things like that. Because of how big and how tall he is, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's more like Psychosis, if people remember who that is. He's more like Psychosis, but in a, in a more methodical way, methodical Psychosis. Sounds like a new, new indie band. <laughs> but uh, he's... He, you're going to enjoy him in this, this match coming up. I, I think it's going to be fantastic. I hope it's not at a pay-per-view. If it is, we'll talk about it either way, but I hope it's on TV so that you guys can watch it because I think this six-man match could be very, very entertaining. Then we had Dragon Lee versus Tony Deppin versus Tracy Williams for the television title. Tony Deppin, of course, being the TV champ. This one was pretty good. These are three guys who there was a lot of action. There was a lot of speed. There was a lot of uh, maneuverability, mobility. A lot of movement. Here's how the end of it played out. At one point, Dragon Lee laid out Tracy Williams. And before he could turn back around, Tony Deppin had jumped on top of Tracy Williams and got the one, two, three. And Dragon Lee had a chance to break it up. But he didn't. Now, why wouldn't he break up that pin? Because that means he loses the match as well. He doesn't win his title back. Well, luckily, one of Dragon Lee's teammates, Kenny King, was already running his mouth. And he said, you guys must not know how this works. And he said, uh, Dragon Lee doesn't need to worry about winning that match because he stays the number one contender. Tracy Williams, who took the pinfall, will drop down the rankings. Yep. Unfortunately, that's how that works. So Tracy Williams tumbles on down the rankings a little bit. Dragon Lee stays number one contender. And, and as Kenny King says, Dragon Lee feels real good about being able to beat Tony Deppin. Straight up. Now, Tony Deppin, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that's going to be an interesting matchup coming up. This match was fantastic, as I said. Ring of Honor. They will occasionally have a moment where they're, they're, you're just kind of questioning 
what went into it. Maybe you don't quite follow what they're doing, but for the most part, man, Ring of Honor brings it every week, and it's something you're not the styles, the way they match together. You're just not going to see them uh, anywhere else. This leads us to fighting, fighting, as uh, my little nephew would say. So let's talk about. It. Let's start with the, Let's start with the UFC. Let's recap. We'll go over this week's card, and then we'll talk some PFL. PFL's got some big things too. On the fight card, fights you need to know about that I thought were fantastic. Uh, Casey O'Neill with the great submission over Laura Procopio. I'd, I'd kind of pick Laura in this one. Uh, another person gets Casey O'Neill, but man, that whew, she got that on her, and uh, it, it was all she wrote. As uh, as they like to say, what a what a great win for Casey O'Neill. She stays undefeated, and uh, you know Laura's only got two losses in the in the women's flyweight. Still wide open there. Uh, Josh Parisian with the split decision win over Roque Martinez. Those two heavyweights, man, they they were going. Um, Roque thought that maybe he won the match. The way I saw it, it it was you know 29-28 to me that Parisian did just enough. That was a little bit more than what Roke was doing. I, I, I get that he he thought he won, and and you should be thinking that. But in the end, uh, you get Josh gets the the W in that one. Nikolai Negamariana got the split decision win over Alexa Kamur. This was another one. Alexa thought maybe he won. Uh, Nikolai thought maybe he did enough in the light heavyweight division. I, I felt like Nikolai did. He did just just enough. He did slightly more, not just enough. He did slightly more than Alexa did. And uh, you know, he gets a split decision win in that one. Split is is as close as you can get to to it not being tied. <laughs> uh, big win for Chaos Williams over Matthews uh, Selmsberger. I. I thought Selmsberger could pull it out, and at times I thought he, he might. But Chaos gets the unanimous decision win there. I was going off the fact that Big John McCarthy said, don't sleep on Matthew Selmsberger, or Selmsberger, rather. And uh, I agree. I, I thought it was uh, it was a back and forth. It was really good, but unanimous decision, yeah, that's, that's the right call. Then we had a women's strawweight bout that was uh, something we haven't seen in a couple weeks, where Kanako Murata took on Verna uh, Yandaroba, and it was actually a TKO at the end of, gosh, it was the second round? It was the end of the second round. It was a doctor stoppage. Verna had put Kanako in a, a uh, pretty wicked armbar for majority of the uh, round. And when Kanako sat down in her corner after the round, doctor come in, 
had her stand up, had her move her arm a little bit, and he said, no, no, you're a no-go. You're done. And so that was the end of the fight. And uh, Kanako was uh, visibly upset about it, but she understood, you know, these fighters want to keep fighting, but it's you have to look out for the help. And, no, this was not a knock on the referee this time. The referee had the doctor come in and say, hey, check that out. And so the win goes to Vernon. Good for her. Uh, let's see, Matt Brown with the, yeah, I would say KO of the night. KO of the night over Diego Lima. Uh, this was a good match. They were both going back and forth pretty good. And then three minutes and two seconds into round number two, Matt Brown unleashed uh, kind of a half-jab roundhouse a little bit. And uh, caught Diego, and he just kind of slithered to the floor, basically. And, and that was into that. Uh, Diego will rebound, but big win for Matt Brown. Uh, you know, maybe string together another win or two, and, and Matt could uh, be up in some, some uh, pretty big areas. You got Bruno Silva, who had a great KO on Wellington Terman. Uh, I believe that was the one where they were on the ground, and from the time Wellington turned over, Bruno caught him a few times, and it was all over. Uh, same with Choi. He had a pretty fascinating one as well against Julian Arosa. That was the uh, string of KOs right there that were just uh, fantastic. But uh, same with Choi, the, that, the uh, Korean featherweight, man. Man, he got after it. Man, uh, that that uh, that dude just going to be coming after some people. He's going to be coming after some people. He had, like I said, just uh, fantastic striking. He uh, reminded me a little bit of Korean Zombie as far as uh, being from Korea and, and the way he was carrying himself and striking a little bit, but uh, slightly different fighter in some other senses. But, you know, good for Choi. Uh, Chito Vera with the big unanimous decision win over Davy Grant. A lot of it had to do with the fact that Cheeto really carved up Davy. Uh, had him looking pretty rough. But uh, Cheeto, fantastic fighter. We know Davy Grant is too. Marlon got in. Marlon Vera, otherwise known as Cheeto Vera. Cheeto got in uh, a decent amount more strikes, and his strikes were doing more damage than. Uh, what Davy Grant was doing, so, but Davy Grant always comes to fight, and those two bantamweights, I think they could see each other again somewhere down the road. Sergey Spivak took on Alexi Olenek. He gets a unanimous decision win over Olenek. Spivak does. Uh, it's another fight. I'm not going to take it away from Sergey because Sergey won the fight. He did more damage and more significant strikes than Alexi Olenek did. Uh, Olenek looked pretty good as far as hanging in there. He's got to start thinking about life after fighting pretty soon. He didn't look bad, but you don't want to go out unconscious, you know? And it seems like he was just loading up for that big punch all night, and it's just he caught it a couple times, but it's such a looping punch. Now, it's so slow that uh, Spivak was able to deflect it a lot and not be in the middle of it. And then that left us to Korean Zombie versus Danny Yeh. 
featherweight main event. Yeah, no titles in this one, but it was a fantastic card. Korean Zombie, to me, he won at least four, if not all five rounds, gets unanimous decision over Dan Ige. Ige probably won, gosh, he won, he might have won, I think it was round four, around round five maybe. And if you want to give him one of the other ones, fine, but it'll still be three to two Zombie. Zombie looked good. He came in, he got his work in, he controlled the fight. He did a lot of the things we knew he could do. And Danny Gay's a tough fighter. He's going to be hard to submit. He's going to be hard to knock out. So Korean Zombie came in when those options weren't presented to him and he was not able to find ways to find them. He just dominated the fight and won on points. And it was uh, really, really good. And it was good to see. It was good to see Korean Zombie bounce back like that. Now, uh, Matt Brown did some pretty interesting things with his win. He, for the most finishes in UFC history, he is tied with three others as Vitor Belfort, who is going to fight Oscar De La Hoya on Triller very soon. That is going to be fantastic. And Anderson Silva, they all have 14 finishes in the UFC. Donald Cerrone has 16, and Charles Oliveira has 17. So, he's sitting right there on a pretty good list. It's, uh, the two guys in front of him don't fight in the UFC anymore, so... You know, another finish or two, and you're at the top of that list. And also, if I'm not mistaken, most wins in welterweight history, I believe, is a part of. And uh, he's on, he only trails Matt Hughes, Neil Magny, and George St. Pierre in that one, I believe. One of the world's best pictures of those stats, but uh, it is what it is. Now, this leads us. This leads us to UFC Fight Night. Cyril Gaon versus Alexander Volkov. This is going to be fun. Uh, let me go through some of the fights I think are going to be really good fights. Now, I'm not saying the other ones are bad. I'm saying if I had the opportunity to just watch a handful of these, then these are the ones I'll watch. Um, Julia Avila is taking on uh, Julia Tolarenko in the women's bantamweight. I I like Julia Avila in that one, but hey, that's that's going to be a, a really good fight. I think you should watch that one. Um, where was that one? Oh. You get Jeremiah Wells taking on Warley Alves. I really like that matchup in the welterweight division. That's fifteen and four versus eight and two. As Warley is fifteen and four, and, and Jeremiah is eight and two. I think that one's going to be fun. You guys should look into that one. Um, what's that other one? Get Andre Feely versus Daniel Pineda in the featherweight division. Get Tim Means versus Nicholas Dalby. Renato Morcano. Versus uh, Jay Her- uh, Herbert, or is it Abraham? I never know. But either way, and then you get to the the the, the uh, I mean, a couple of those are on the main card. But here's your last three matchups: Kennedy Nchekwu taking on Danilo Marquez in the light heavyweight. That's eight and one versus eleven and two. That's 
pretty even on the odds. Those two are going to be throwing some hands. In the co-main event, this is all on ESPN Plus, by the way. In the co-main event, in the heavyweight division, you get Ovince St. Pru, who has fought 40 times. He's going to take on Tanner Bozer, who, you know, in his own right, has fought 28 times. That uh, I believe Tanner is favored in that one. That one should be fun. And then in the main event, Alexander Volkov, 33-8. going to take on Cyril Gahn. Gahn is actually favored in this. He is 8 Uh This in the heavyweight division is going to be, I think the winner of this is probably looking at a title shot either, let's see, because who is lined up now? Derek Lewis. Yeah, it'll probably go. Derek Lewis will get the first one. Uh, Stipe may get that one, or if there is a big enough finish or performance in this one, then the winner of this could leapfrog Stipe. But that's the three contenders that I would be looking at in the heavyweight division. Uh, that's that's going to be a heck of a fight. Let's talk about the PFL. Uh, Magomed, Magomed Karamov beating Curtis Melander, the welterweight division, by submission. It was great. It was great. Magomed is uh, a, a big-time performer. Curtis Melander is, is good as well. It's, you're not a slouch. PFL is only signing, you know, big-time performers here. But uh, Magomed does some, uh, some really good things. You should watch more of his fights. Um, what's the other one? Uh, Cesar Ferreira, uh, Ferreira took on Chris Carmazzi in the light heavyweight division. Unanimous decision to Chris Carmazzi. Helped him move up the list there. Uh, let's see. You got Ray Cooper the third took on Nikolai Alexakin. Unanimous decision, Ray Cooper the third. Hey, he's gonna be in that welterweight. He's gonna be in that welterweight tournament, I believe, and uh, he could wreck some people. He could wreck some people for sure. And then I, I understand what people say about the main event that uh, Gleason Tebow getting the win, or the split decision win over Rory McDonald. That uh, Rory controlled the entire fight. Yeah, he did. Uh, Gleason did not throw as many punches as Rory. Correct. Gleason's did he did his punches were landing and doing uh, slightly more damage. But yeah, Rory should have got the decision win on that because now that actually drops him in the rankings where he is still in the tournament. But you know the seating he's going to get he may get Ray Cooper out of, the, out of the gate. I don't know. But when you let it go, the judges. You get what you get. Now, there's some big ones coming up. It's heavyweights and women's lightweights coming up in uh, this next one. Some of the fights you should pay attention to. 
Taylor Gordardo versus Laura Sanchez is going to be really good. Uh, Mariana Moraes is taking on Caitlin Young. In the guys' heavyweight, you had Clipson Abreu against Jamel Jones. You're going to get Stuart Austin versus Renan Ferreira. Uh, Ante Delea versus Chandler Cole. Going back to the women's lightweight, Jenna Fabian is going to take on uh, Juliha uh, Pajic. See, also in the, uh, you get Alina Kolesnik against Larissa Pacheco. You get Bruno Capaloza versus Mohamed Darice. Brandon Sales is going to take off, or is going to take on uh, Dennis Goltsov. And we get to the, one, the big ones in the featherweight division. Pretty sure he's the champ from last year. Lance Palmer is going to go against Mavlid Kabuliev. Those who are going to go. Kabuliev is 16-0-1. at 22-4-0 for Lance Palmer. That's a big one. That's a big one for sure. Uh, Anthony Pettis doing the best he can to stay in the playoffs and, and uh, do the best, you know, and just stay in it. Anthony Pettis, he didn't have the world's best showing the last time he fought. Trying again this time versus... Uh, Ralph Montio, not Ralph Mafi, Ralph Machio. That is Ralph Montio. That's going to be a big one. This is all on ESPN two this Thursday, I believe. No, Friday. This is Friday, and then we're going to get the main event in the women's lightweight division. Sixteen and sixteen six and zero. Oh, Cindy Endoes. Going to take on 9-0-0 Kayla Harrison. Is Kayla going to continue to dominate? I would think so, but don't discount Cindy. You never know what could happen. That's why we tune in. That's why we 100% tune in. Uh, I think that is all the action that I can think of. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. Uh, We've been going for over an hour. So hopefully I talked about what you want me to talk about. If not, send me a message. Let me know what you want to want me to talk about. You want me to get more in-depth here. You want me to go match by match. You want me to, I don't know, talk about a, a different, talk about something I'm, I'm not talking about. Maybe, you know, maybe you want to hear more about New Japan or something. I don't know. But let me know. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Strong Style. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses. Go watch wrestling. Go watch fighting.